You are now listening to LFL Talk with Adri and Marcus. Hello and welcome to the week seven edition of LFL Talk. I'm your host, Adri Mallows. Joining me this week is... Marcus Henson, how are you, sir? <laughs> I'm good, thank you. That intro not getting old for you? Never, ever, <laughs> ever. <laughs> Excellent. So, not only am I joined by Marcus this week, we also have a very special guest coming up later on the show, and she is the current quarterback for the Seattle Mist, and that is KK Matheny. So, one I'm really looking forward to, Marcus. Absolutely. Now, let's move on to some news. Here is the news. The main news this week seems to relate around Omaha Heart. Now, this week it's been announced three people for definite will be joining them. The old Baltimore Charm wide receiver, Heather Hudson, who I know we were both fans of, Marcus. Oh, absolutely. Amazing wide receiver. Also played a bit of defence. Great all-round athlete. Indeed. And thinking of defence, they will also be getting defensive end Leak Play Pay, who, to be fair, I've not actually seen much footage on because I think she played uh, a few years ago before we got into the sport. So I'll be looking forward to seeing her. And also they have Anonka Dixon, who was quarterback in Orlando and also Miami. So again, a few years before we actually got involved with the sport, but from what I've seen on footage, if she brings anywhere near that form, Marcus, she is going to be a hell of a treat for our fans. Absolutely played under the Bobby Huco at Miami, so there's lots to rave about her. For those who haven't already seen Commissioner's Corner, do. It's a good one. Any of you are lucky enough to, to see this sport on Fuse TV, they are peaking out on the current game at 1.7 million viewers which I think is just outstanding for this sport 100% that's great news for the sport and great to see the viewing figures growing week on week through the Fuse network and, and also great for an upcoming network like Fuse to be getting uh, getting the traffic in through the LFL so thinking of Commissioner's Corner if you want to see that or any other highlights or videos you can check that out on the league's official YouTube channel that's www.youtube.com forward slash my LFL now that's it for the news when we come back we will be bringing you our game review of Los Angeles Temptation versus Seattle Mist Hi, this is Tony from Delicious in Hemel. If you like a bit of banter with your sandwiches, then come on down to us. We do baguettes, ciabattas, paninis. We can even discuss the LFL with you. So why don't you come and give us a try? And if you want some more details of our menu, see the links on the Legends Lounge page. We come on to the game now between Los Angeles Temptation and Seattle Mist in Seattle course the coin toss was done by Marshawn Lynch's mum or Mama Lynch as she's otherwise known and there were also a few other members of the Seahawks present for the game including the likes of Bobby Wagner so great to see that players of that calibre are actually going along to the LFL games as well. Yeah it's getting that precedence that it kind of needs and uh, deserves. So the game itself Marcus this was a true Western Conference battle this was physical it was skillful. It was kind of everything we wanted. The aggression was there. The players were there. Man, where do we start with this game? 
fiery. It was fiery. I loved it absolutely. Even from the first sort of series, we were just seeing that aggression. Um, like you said, especially for the Mist being their first game, it seemed there was a lot of sort of build up to this. A lot of expectation riding on it. Yeah. So that first series you mentioned there. Of course, Seattle managed to drive the ball down the field extensively through the running game of Stevie Schnorr. But then when they did get the chance to pass, there was that interception near the LA goal line, which resulted in a fumble, which then resulted in (laughs) Seattle recovering it. And as all this happened on a fourth down, we had the turnover. Seattle got the ball back and then got a new fresh set of downs and oh, just carnage. It was. It kind of, you sort of saw it and I was just like, what? Did that just happen? The play itself, like you said, uh, Stevie Schnorr just sort of carrying on doing what she does. She is absolute physical beast uh, as a running back because the presence she just has and the, the sort of I can only imagine the intimidation when she's got the ball in her hands she's running full pelt at you uh, trying to stop her must be unbelievably difficult yeah unless you got Ashley Solano back there because there's also a, a wow clip which I'll dig out for the show notes of one of the the big hits from last year and that's Ashley Solano put in Stevie Schnorr you could say in a place that probably seems a little bit harsh or maybe a little bit biased but it was a hell of a hit but Ashley wasn't playing at safety this week so they yeah they seem to really struggle to, to bring her down a lot of that seemed to be around uh, KK Muffini. They they had the safety just a little further back because they had to respect her ability to pass. And that really played into it because KK, she looked great in the pocket. She knew what she'd do. And when she was under pressure a couple of times, she knew to throw the ball away, live to fight another down. I, I mean, I know she, she had the interception, but that got fumbled. A little bit of luck. You always need a little bit of luck when it comes to this. But the fact is, it came down to the, the pressure and the aggression and finding a way to, to overcome that chess match where you've got Michelson and Bizzup literally going, who's going to outsmart who? It was Seattle that obviously struck first blood there. After that fumble, we had the uh, touchdown run from LaShonda Fowl. It was nice to see because, again, it was a, it was something different. You expect the snore to pass, possibly just smash it through the, the, the defence and... It was played nicely. It, it sort of came out to that sort of smash mouth in the trenches, just power football. Yeah, and I've got to say this, actually, just while it's in my head and as strange as my mind works and put these things together, but from the very first whistle, I thought the crowd in Seattle were absolutely phenomenal. That was actually a very big thing. Uh, you can actually hear that, the, the, the noise. It's going to sound great once you guys at home watch it i mean if you've listened back the last couple of weeks you can hear the crowd noise the intensity in the background as it's playing this was really electrifying and we're going to come on now to the seattle defense and we've mentioned on previous shows that they've got danica brace now but with her one of my favorites lily granston jessica hopkins and the people they've got up front indiana shaper cotter stevie schnorr they showed their dominance early on against that, what is a quite a powerful Los Angeles run game. Great point you make there, because it felt like to me that Seattle watched last week and LA against Las Vegas, and they did everything they could to sort of like stop the run. Solano's option running there, gone. Carmen Borso wasn't as effective. They just shut her down, took her out of the game. It just seemed that the defense led by Danica Brace, because she was absolutely, a few absolute crunching tackles she threw in there. It just seemed that they clearly had seen the game film last week and they planned meticulously for it. It was to the letter. The only thing I will say, and it was highlighted by LA's first touchdown, and that is they did look quite susceptible to the deep pass. 
And did you see how wide open the receiver was for the for LA's touchdown? Yeah, now that again, that came back from them. We're not going to let Carmen run on us. We're not going to let Ashley try and do this this option uh, running quarterback on us. So they literally did. They stacked the box. They had uh, Lily Granson just stacking it in. She wasn't really playing as a sort of safety. She was. She stacked it in. So there was four inside the middle. They were overly committed. And I guess that aggression to try and stop the run did, like you said, it's so open. There was no real pass defense there. But again, you're sitting there going, that's that's the chess match, isn't it? It's like, right, I'm not going to let you run on me. Does that mean then when you put in a little play action, you're suddenly snookered? Uh, that one clearly showed they were. Following on from that, on the uh, next drive, Seattle kind of tried to move the ball a little bit, couldn't get anywhere. Los Angeles got the ball. And what, for me, was a massive stop was Los Angeles took over the ball deep in Seattle half and Seattle managed to stop them, get them a four and out. Yeah, there was about two or three occasions where that defence really did hold up, put in a lot of, I don't know, it was just, it was that sort of down distance, you're sitting there going, we need to make a stop now, we need to make a play, we need to get our defence off the field right now. And they played that perfectly. Uh, Again, I think it's because... They're fresh. This is their first game. They'd seen what LA was going to come and bring to them. And they just, they counted it. They counted it so well. Of course, it did then turn around where if you stop LA in such crucial down, they had to then go at the other end and sort of take advantage. And I feel there were a few times where they didn't take advantage, putting the brakes completely on LA. That's it. That was more in the second half, which we'll come on to shortly. But after the back of that stop, they did get the uh, Danica Brace receiving touchdown after a big run from Stevie Schnorr. And I'm going to come on now and crisscross everywhere um, to the Los Angeles defence because there's a player on there that I really want to talk about who doesn't necessarily get much press especially when we talk about uh, Michelle Angel some of the things that Ashley Solano's done Mo Gaxiola Chelsea Hart but this season particularly I know the coaches rave about her anyway but Danielle Harvey this year she has stepped up her game so much and it's really apparent when you watch a big game like this how many tackles she was making and how hard she was hitting like you said there's a lot of big stars out there and I think on the best teams, some of the stars are going to shine a little brighter. But to be a good team, every single player needs to know what they're doing so they can come collectively together to, to make that team. You can't just have one good player and just slot them into a team, expect it to come together. You need to have everyone firing on all cylinders. And there were a few people like that in, in Temptation. You had Chelsea Hart on the outside. Like you said, Michelle Angel with a lot of tackles racked up by her playing that crashing safety in the middle, especially as it got into the second half, uh, the slugfest, the battle of attrition between the two defences just became more and more apparent. Yeah, and at half-time, the score was 14-13 to LA after they failed on one two-point conversion, but managed to get the next one after they had another deep throw, um, which got them the touchdown. But yeah, in the second half, it was very much two in and throwing. It was all defence. There was no scoring at all in the second half, but... Looking at that, you would have to say, despite the fact that there was no scoring, as you mentioned earlier, Seattle, for me, had so many chances and Seattle should have won that game. For me, the problem with Seattle was they had a great little system going with Stevie Schnorr just sort of like running the ball, sort of finding a way. I really liked it when KK Muffini was rolling out the pocket, gave a lot better lanes, better vision to throw down. There's a few nice uh, passes to LaShonda Bowler using that rollout technique. For me, they stopped going to that run, building off the pass. They try to keep KK in the the pocket. I don't think that's her strength. Her strength is to use her feet, get outside the pocket, 
find the open receivers as they break away off the coverage. And so if they'd gone back to that sort of short passing game, that mobile passing game with the run game, with Stevie Snod just sort of sucking the defenders in, it just sort of just went into a sort of like, we're going to throw deep passes all the time. Uh, the ground game sort of dried up and it was just inevitably, it sort of came to, like I said, that battle of attrition. Both defences just sourced out what each offence was doing and no gears turned throughout that second half to sort of one team trying to find the, that way to, to launch Kin and Blow. Now, I know there was there was a very close chance that got dropped. Monica Jamilo, the, the wide receiver for LA, who caught the amazing, amazing first half touchdown, that really long bomb uh, from Ashley Solano, they almost connected for a second one, second half. I think that would have, if that she'd reined that in, I think that would have completely blown up. LA could have then possibly sealed this game. But it just seemed that both defenses just kept that sort of that boxing analogy, slugging each other, hit after hit after hit, waiting until one of them fell down exhausted. And thinking of hits, right towards the end of the game, sort of in the last couple of minutes, the hit that Danica Brace laid on Carmen Borso to force that fumble, I, I can't wait to see this game on YouTube because I'm going to have that hit on full volume. It was just an almighty crash. And you just see the way the ball comes flying out and and gets recovered. And it's just like on the back of that, they needed to kind of take that momentum and, and push into the end zone. Now they nearly did. Obviously again, when we get to see the game on, on YouTube, we'll actually be able to judge for ourselves whether um, Bryn Render actually managed to pull in that pass or whether it did, as the ref said, hit the floor first. Yeah, controversial call. Love how these games go right down to the wire. Like you say, I really want to see um, if we got it, like a, a real definitive camera angle, the super zooming in, see if the ball actually touches and what. You know, it was called incomplete. They reviewed it. It, it ended up staying incomplete. Did it change the complete dynamic? Of course it did. But um, we said big hits as well. There was one thing I did want to say about big hits. Now that's reminded me. One thing... We love the big hits. We love the contact. It's something we love about the sport. However, I didn't like the big hits at the end when Michelle Angel came in for Ashley Solana, who got injured. She was taking a kneel. Oh, yes. Yeah, agreed. There was, there's, when you know your opponents are going to take a kneel, you just have to accept the loss to me in there. I mean, there's no point giving a, a late hit after the game. I think there was even, as I mentioned before, one of my favourite players, Lily Granston, she even got in a late hit herself, which uh, we'll have to have some stern words with her about that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, completely agree. Gladiators in uh, the arena of combat, which is the football field, which is fair enough, but there's got to be honour involved in, in this game. And I, I think, you know, fair enough, ladies, that it's that must have been such a tough loss to take. You you must know deep down in your heart, um, if you're a missed fan, missed player, anyone to do with that organisation, you're going to feel gutted because you're going to feel that you could have come away with that win and maybe you should have. But take heart from this first game of the season. Didn't too gr- go too great. Guess what, guys? We're going to take them on again this coming weekend. We know we can beat them. We know we should have beaten them. Let's beat them in their own house. That's yeah. how you should use that. Use that momentum Honestly, Seattle fans, watch when you see the game film. Don't worry about the win-loss. Your team is looking good. And you know what? I think you called it at the beginning of the season, didn't you? Missed to be uh, sneaking their way into the final? Yeah, because... Sounds like a good bet. Especially when you think that KK only knows a small part of that playbook now when Chris Michelson can open up that whole offensive playbook. For me, 
I don't know that LA will have an answer, but you never count out champions. And, and with Coach Bizup um, and Coach Tui as well, they're going to be a lot to handle. But I just think, I know for me, um, I've got that sneaky feeling, but we'll we'll leave that one there for now, I think. Absolutely. All I can say, guys, pencil in the TV slot because you are going to want to watch this when it's released on Fuse this weekend. Yeah, so that's next Saturday on Fuse. I believe it's 9pm Eastern and 8pm Central. I just want to be given the chance. You were the pioneers that built women's football. The opportunity to succeed. Or even to fail. You are the league of their own. You ain't got no chance to redeem yourself. This is it! LFL on Fuse. Saturdays, starting April 18th. This is Lauren Ziegler with the Atlantis theme, and you're listening to the LFL Talk with Adrian Marcus. The world's fastest growing sport arrives to YouTube. Legends Football League. Break their confidence. Keep breaking their confidence. They've got nothing. They want to brawl. They don't want to play football. Intensity. Beauty. Subscribe to this channel and gain access into locker rooms inside the huddle. Get to know your favorite players. The one thing I want to do is just make everyone happy. Give 100%. And full-length games in high definition. Subscribe and never miss out on LFL Action. Ladies and gentlemen, we are now joined on the show by a very special guest. Please join me in welcoming one of the league's elite quarterbacks, quarterback for the Seattle Mist, KK Matheny. Welcome to the show, KK. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. It's our absolute pleasure. Always great to get the players on the show, especially uh, players of your elite status. Oh, thank you. I I take that as a compliment. Appreciate it. So before we start, what I always like to do is give our listeners a bit of an insight into uh, players. I know everyone has a, a different story and it's great to kind of give people an insight into the into the league so can I please ask you just to describe what you were doing prior to joining the LFL and who or what inspired you to join the league? I actually attended college at the University of West Florida in Pensacola and I went there for basketball ended up not playing basketball and started playing competitive flag football. I got the uh, opportunity to travel with that um, with my college and go all over the United States with my flag football team, ended up winning two women's national championships and then one co-rec national championship flag football um, collegially. And then after that, I just kind of um, I went to the University of South Florida to pursue my master's degree. And um, once in Tampa, I was asked, uh, approached at a flag football tournament to come and try out for this women's professional league. And I was like, what? I've never heard of it. And again, this was now, wow, six years ago, because this is my sixth, sixth season with the LFL. Wow. I got approached, got asked to come try out. And it's kind of like all history from there. I, at first I was a little skeptical and, um, caught off guard. I was like, what is this all about? And, but once I got out there and I was, you know, playing with the most, amazing athletes that I've ever played with, um, the top athletes. And I had played all the way from high school to travel ball to college. And I just got addicted to it and I got hooked and you know, the rest is history. 
they were probably the most talented roster in the LFL to have played and to not actually win a trophy. So what can you learn from an experience like that, playing with such great athletes, but not managing to take it the final step? You know, it is a shame because I do feel like, you know, our team was uh, definitely stacked. Um, I feel like I'm on another stacked team up here in Seattle, that's for sure as well. But I guess, you know, what you can take from it is uh, every year, you know, it's a different journey. And it doesn't matter what athletes you really have. At the end of the day, it all matters about coming together as a team and as a unit. And by the end of the season, making sure that you're peaking together. Um, you can have all the best athletes in the world, but if you're not in unison and peaking all at the same time together, you know, again, football's a team sport and there's no I in team. So I think that's kind of the biggest thing that you ta- I take from it. I've taken from all my years and, you know, you just grow from it and you become a better player as well. You mentioned there that you're in Seattle now. Now, I know uh, the fact that there's no team in, in Jacksonville would, would obviously have had something to, to do with that. But can I ask what other reasons maybe made you choose Seattle over some of the other teams? Well, I honestly was approached by one other team, but definitely had to do with the coach out here. Coach Chris Michelson, you know, I just have so much respect for him um, as a coach and He's so passionate about the game, you know, like myself. Uh, when I first talked to him about it and when he first talked to me about it, I was like a little hesitant and I was like, I don't know, this is kind of crazy. Mind you, I was just getting back from Australia and, um, I was like, I don't know if I want to move my life back out to the, you know, out to the West Coast because being a quarterback, you know, I wasn't going to go halfway in and just kind of travel back and forth between my home in Florida and then out here in Seattle. I, you know, take the responsibility of the quarterback very seriously. So I told him if I did it, the only way I would do it is to move out here. And so I talked to him a couple of times and he, you know, had all the right things to say. And as well, I, I made a couple really close friends in Australia that do happen to play for the Seattle Mist. And then we all just talked about it and said, okay, hey, do we want to give this one last go or should we, you know, go for this? And um, I told coach, I was like, all right, let's do it. So I ended up moving out and moving out here and just realizing that my heart was still in football and and I wanted to play another season for sure. And you say that you've had to move all the way to Seattle. And I understand you even had to give up your job as well to actually um, go through with that move. When I thought about it and realized that my heart and soul was still in playing, that I would ultimately regret staying for a job when, you know, my heart was was in it. Um, and wanted to play this season for sure. So I just made the decision and just went with my heart. And I've always followed my heart. So it's kind of where it led me. And I think it's great for Seattle fans that you've actually ended up there because over the last few years, they've had a few different quarterbacks. So it's good for them to have um, what we would class as a, a franchise quarterback there. I just want to come on to some of your Seattle teammates. You mentioned you made some some really good friends there. So how have the rest of the players made you feel now you, knowing you've had to move such a long way to play the sport? 
everyone's accepted me, um, with open arms and been nothing but helpful and, um, helped me, uh, with the move and transition and, you know, um, getting another job and all that. And it's just been great. Uh, obviously I've only been out here now for a month, so it's been pretty fast paced to be able to take, kind of take over a team and take coaches thrown a lot at me as far as accepting the role. Obviously I know that, but expecting a lot out of me in such short time, which, which is totally, totally fine. And I, and I love it, you know, but I'm, I'm still getting to know all the girls. Um, I'm obviously not there yet with everyone as far as knowing them personally. Like I would love to know everybody. Like I like to know everybody on the team personally on and off the field, but we're getting there for sure. And, you know, I really, really like this group of girls and I feel like a season has just started with us and there's just nothing but up from here. I'm going to come back to Coach Michelson actually now. And what's he like to play for? Because you can see how animated and passionate he gets on the sideline. And uh, how have you found learning his uh, immense playbook is probably the best way to describe it. Uh, um, well, you know, I think that's one of the things that... Uh, you know, interested in me about playing here, like I said, is, uh, coach Michelson's, um, passion for the game. You know, it's a lot like myself, maybe without all the cussing, <laughs> but, uh, but I'm, I'm a very passionate person. So I, I like that. I like that about him. And, you know, he has nothing but the best, um, intentions for us and the utmost respect for us as female athletes and really puts a lot on our plate as far as, um, giving us the respect as, you know, we're smart enough to understand just like the men are a certain offensive scheme or a certain defensive scheme. And I love that. I love being treated, um, that way. And in his system, you know, that's exactly how he treats us. And I love his offense. You know, it is very complex for sure. I'm getting very confident and comfortable running it and, and kind of just working with all the pieces that I have. Uh, again, that all takes time, but we're getting there. And like I said, every day we're getting better. And um, I'm just really excited to see where this team um, ends up. We're going to come on now to the game itself on Friday night against Los Angeles. Yeah. Um, and I'm just going to bring in Marcus because I know he has uh, a question or two for you regarding the game. Okay. Hi, KK. Hey, Marcus. So LA versus Seattle, it's become yeah. a bit of a big, bitter rivalry over the last couple rivalry. of years. Yeah, for sure. What was it like sort of, um, sort of taking command of Seattle in this um, massive sort of hyped up match? You know, it was exactly what it was cracked up to be. Hard fought game all the way to the end. Obviously, the outcome um, wasn't what we wanted or what we expected it to be. But again, it was our first game. Uh, you know, we're not going to hang our heads. Like I said, it was back to it was a battle all the way to the end. L.A. is a great team. And I totally respect all of their athletes. The crowd was amazing. Uh, I feel like everyone got our first game jitters out, so to speak, because it was our first game of the season. We were the last team to play this season. And now we can move forward from it and grow, watch the film, um, get better, learn from our mistakes. And like I said, just continue, continue to build on that. Um, and we get a chance to play them again this weekend. So we don't have a very... Uh, long turnaround so we don't have to dwell on that game very long which i'm excited about you, you make a great point there saying that you were the last team to uh to, to play this season did that yeah. mean that you guys had 
extra time to put in prep because it certainly looked like you had sort of put in a lot of time studying that run game of LA because you completely shut it down. Yeah, we, um, you know, that is something that, you know, I think all of us pride ourselves on and I know our coaching staff definitely does is watching film and, you know, learning the game and studying the game that we love. And all of us do that on our own time. But our coach, you know, we obviously have chalk talk sessions where he's going to put us in the perfect situation for us or the best situation for us to win. And, you know, like I said, it just shows his passion for the game and um, helps us with all that. Uh, again, you know, we fell a little short um, this past Friday uh, just from, you know, little mistakes, a couple turnovers and a couple of just uh, play busted plays on defense, two busted plays on defense. But other than that, um, we had a solid game and I think we were pretty proud of the way we turned out our first game of the season. But no, I don't think that it really gave us much more time to prepare. But because a couple of our pieces came together late, um, myself included, like I said, only been out here for a month. I feel like that gave us enough time to get where we are now uh, before we started the season. Yeah, I think you guys can definitely take a lot of pride from your performance on Friday night. Because I, I was saying to Marcus earlier that I think in the grand scheme, of things you did so much and and definitely perhaps should have won that game with how well you you did play but obviously like you say for a a couple of mistakes so looking forward to Los Angeles yeah you should definitely come away with the victory this time if maybe the mistakes are cut out exactly exactly we're looking forward to it and just to finish off what I'd like to do is ask if you have any advice for any young women out there who would actually like to um, take part in the sport and become the next LFL superstar? I would highly encourage any female athlete to give this sport a chance. Uh, you know, like I said, myself was definitely a skeptic at first and just the camaraderie that I've felt and the relationships that I've built, the friendships that I've built, um, the journey that I've been through the past six years with this amazing league has just, has just been such a, um, substantial part of my growth through, you know, my past couple years. Um, I feel like just as a woman and I would highly encourage any female, any woman that was interested in it, interested in playing a very competitive sport at a very high level to give it a try, come out, give it a go. You never know till you try. And um, I can almost guarantee that they would get hooked. Brilliant. Well, on behalf of myself and Marcus KK and all of our listeners, I'd like to thank you very much for coming on the show today. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much. I appreciate you having me. Spanhead Productions are a small independent sound recording company based in rural Hertfordshire. We specialise in creating content for all your podcasting needs, whether it be field recordings, fox pops, or capturing the atmosphere during social events. Editing is a very time-consuming job, so Spanhead Productions are on hand to take away some of the burden for you. Just advise us on how you'd like your content to sound, and we will do the rest. We can even help you design and manage a website for your podcast too. Visit us now, spanheadproductions.com. Weebly.com. That's spamheadproductions.weebly.com. Well, that wraps it up from us for another week. All that remains is for me to firstly thank our guest, KK Matheny. Also, I want to thank my amazing co-host, Marcus Henson. Thank you very much, sir. Ah, no, it's always a pleasure. Love talking NFL with you. 
Also, Mr. Mark Taylor of Spamhead Productions, who uh, produces the show for us, always does a great job. Don't forget, we're available on Stitcher Radio, iTunes. Of course, our show goes out every week on the LFL 360 website, www.lfl360.com. And if you click on the radio button, you'll see our most recent show and all of our shows from the rest of the season. Our more recent shows are also rebroadcast on the Awake Radio Network. Remember... Hey guys, if you want to get a hold of Audrey or Marcus, send them an email at ballhawksnest at gmail.com. Also, check out the LFL YouTube channel, as we mentioned earlier, www.youtube.com forward slash mylfl. And why not take a cheeky peek at our website www.ballhawksnest.com lot to go through there in the sign off but until next time football fans stay safe take care and thanks for stopping by <laughs>